boom. Hello, 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 and hello again, everybody. I would like to welcome you to Megan, Duchess of Advocacy World Podcast. I am your host, Special K Thoughts, a.k.a. Special K, better known in the world of Twitter. I am pretty sure people know by now, but just in case you don't, Megan, Duchess of Advocacy World Podcast is a pro Duchess of Success channel. We are fans and stands of Megan and Prince Harry too. This is a no fence riding queen sugar zone. <laughs> Before we get started, I'm going to need you to go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you are listening on YouTube. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please follow us. Thank you very much. You know, I came across an article in Teen Vogue magazine regarding Megan, Duchess of Success, and the Success Squad. <laughs> the title of the article was 2021 was a chaotic, somewhat productive time for fandom discourse. What the writer of this article did was explore the fandom online discourse around famous people or movements that happened this year. Famous people like Little Nas X, Bernie Bros, Megan, Duchess of Success, Conservative Theory, etc., etc. In this article regarding Megan, the title is called Megan Markle Thriving in the Face of Misogynoir as the Success Squad continues to rally around her. Look at us, Success Squad. We are famous. Strike a pose. Now, the writer of this article points out how misogynoir attacks against Megan has been normalized by trolls, role watchers, and reporters, and those attacks are examples of what people do to black women, basically women in general, because the media tells them they'll get away with it. Now, we all know the media has been getting away with misogynoir attacks against women for decades. However, it is multifaceted when black women face misogynistic attacks due to many different stereotypical tropes that marginalize black women. Many of these attacks are not only sexist, they are racist and sexist. This article makes a reference to author Moya Bailey's book titled Misogynoir Transformed. Here is a quote from the book. Beginning quote. The media that circulate misogynoir help maintain white supremacy by offering a tactic approval of the desperate treatment that black women negotiate in society. Whether the Jezebel, Mammy, Sapphire, and later the welfare queen, or even the strong black woman archetype, misogynistic portrayals of black women shape their livelihoods and health. As media studies scholars attest, negative images and narratives do more that affect the self-esteem of the populations depicted. End quote. Wow. Just wow. There is a lot to unpack there. Jezebel, Mammy, Sapphire, 
welfare queen, or strong black woman. I'll add a few more. Ghetto. Baby mama. (laughs) Right? You hear that a lot too. All of those sexist tropes in some form or fashion has been used to attack Megan. Jezebel. I mean, what is a Jezebel? Okay. That sounds kind of old school to me, but (laughs) what is a Jezebel? A Jezebel is a shameless or morally unrestrained woman. How many articles have we read using code language insinuating that Megan is shameless, she has no morals, and she is a gold digger? Welfare queen. How many articles or commentary from these rural rodents and trolls have reread where they accuse Megan of spending millions of the British taxpayer dollars on clothes? which we found out later on that she was actually buying her own clothes. Or they complain and say, look how much money was spent on her wedding that was funded by the British taxpayer. Now that argument cracks me up. It really, really cracks me up when trolls bring that up because it's like she didn't marry herself. (laughs) It wasn't just her wedding. And then we found out that Meghan and Prince Harry, they didn't want a public wedding. They didn't want all the the pump and circumstance of their wedding. They wanted a private ceremony. But oh no, the institution, the monarchy, insisted that they get married at Wizard Springs and all this pump and circumstance happened because they wanted it for the public. And what they really wanted was they wanted to exploit Harry and Meghan's wedding, right? <laughs> because it made The monarchy looked good. Anyway, also, have you noticed how trolls minimize Megan's accomplishments pre-Prince Harry? Have you noticed that? Oh, she was just a D-list actress. Nobody's ever heard of her, etc., 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 right? I mean, this is a woman that was educated. She was making her own money, paying her own bills, had a pretty successful career in Hollywood. No, Megan was not famous, right? But she was on a successful TV show. Again, she wasn't famous. She wasn't a household name. However, she did have a strong following fan base. I mean, she was somebody who had like over three or four million followers on Twitter. She had her own blog, The Tig, that was pretty popular. So, again, no, she wasn't a household name and she wasn't famous, okay? But she was famous enough. Trust me, there are literally thousands of waitresses right now in Hollywood, California that would kill to have been in Megan's position when she was starring on Suits, okay? (laughs) Now, again, she had a pretty successful career in Hollywood And she was using her platform to highlight and bring awareness to social causes that she was interested in by engagement and participation. Megan not only was an actress who was making her own money, who was paying her own bills, who was living comfortably. Megan also participated 
in social causes. And she highlighted those social causes on the platform that she had in regards to being an actress. Megan was counselor for One Young World, and she also was an ambassador for UN Women. I mean, this is somebody who was making speeches and who was engaging with world leaders. Okay, but the trolls and those rural rodent reporters, you know, they don't want to report on that. They don't want to focus on that. They rather paint her as somebody, right? They rather paint her as somebody who was a welfare queen, somebody who was a nobody. Okay, somebody who 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 wasn't famous. Somebody who 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 was a D-list actress who wasn't making no money. Okay, that's the that's the stereotypical trope that they are putting on Megan, which is misogynistic, which is racist. Google is free, right? Google is free. Right now, Megan is no longer a working royal. However, the British tabloids dissect and price tag everything she wears from her clothes to her jewelry, attacking, demonizing her for wearing nice things that she paid for. (laughs) It's like she paid for whatever she's wearing, okay? The British taxpayer did not fund anything that she's wearing. But these British tabloids dissect and they price tag everything that she wears. Megan could be sitting there, right, with a plain white T-shirt on and jeans and have one watch on and one bracelet. And they will dissect and price tag, scrutinize that one watch and that one gold bracelet. And they will come up with these outrageous prices of what her jewelry allegedly costs. Like they'll say that one gold bracelet costs (laughs) $600,000. Like seriously. Okay. And they always accuse her of like the watch that she wears. They always accuse her of wearing Princess Diana's watch. Okay. And what I mean by that is, you know, they're, they're, they're quick to point out that that is Princess Diana's watch and they do it like in an accusatory way. Like she has no business wearing Princess Diana's watch. All right. First of all, how in the hell do they know that that is Princess Diana's watch? Okay. Those of us who've been fans of Meghan way before she was even thinking about Prince Harry know that she had a Cartier watch before she met Prince Harry. So how in the hell do they know that that is Princess Diana's watch? That could be Megan's watch, right? Again, it goes back to the stereotypical trope of welfare queen. They're using code language. When they say that the watch, the Cartier watch that Megan has on is Princess Diana's watch, What they're saying is, right, what they're implying is in code language that, hey, that is Princess Diana's watch. She has no business wearing that watch. Prince Harry gave her that watch. And the only reason why she married Prince Harry is so he can buy her diamonds and give her watches and buy her all this expensive jewelry because she is a gold digger. She is a gold digger. She is a well 
fair queen. That's why they dissect and price everything that she's wearing. Because what they're trying to insinuate, well, not trying, what they are insinuating, what the message is, what the code language is that, you know what? She can't afford that stuff. The only reason why she's got that stuff on is because she's married to Prince Harry. And that is the only reason why she married Prince Harry, because she's a gold digger. Before she met Prince Harry, she was a gold digger. She was a D-list actress. Nobody knew who she was. Bam, she meets Prince Harry. Gets married to him, and now look, she's got all this nice jewelry on. She's got all these expensive clothes on. Okay? She's a welfare queen. She is a gold digger. (laughs) That's exactly what they're saying when they dissect and scrutinize and demonize and price tag everything that she wears. Megan, Duchess of Sussex, had bought herself a Cartier watch, way before she was even thinking about Prince Harry. There are plenty of pictures showing Meghan with the Cartier watch on, way before she was even thinking about Prince Harry. Like I said, Google is free. It is misogynistic to think that just because she is wearing a Cartier watch, that her husband Gave it to her. Strong black woman trope. How many articles have we read using the code language that Megan is strong? Okay. But see, they don't use the word strong. What they use is controlling. She's controlling. She's cutthroat. She uses people and throws them away. Right? That's the narrative that they put out about her. Now, sometimes they'll say that she's ambitious, but she's cutthroat. (laughs) Compare and contrast that to her sister-in-law, Mamalina. I read somewhere that Mamalina was highly upset that Meghan and Harry are no longer working royals. Okay, that she's highly upset. The reason why she's highly upset is because since Meghan and Harry have left the royal family, they are no longer working royals, that left for more work for her and Wills to do. However, you know, Kate, she has a strong inner strength, and she is stepping up to the plate. (laughs) You see how they spin that? To make her look positive. Now, if the tables were turned, the royal reporters would say that Megan is being selfish and lazy. <laughs> Angry black woman. How many articles have we read from these royal reporters stating that Megan is very angry? She was very angry. Or she made her staff cry. And she made Kate cry because she's very angry. Right. (laughs) Remember when the same royal rodent who wrote an article about Megan's name being taken off of Archie's birth certificate and they blame Megan saying that she was copycatting Kate. Remember that? And Megan clapped back and explained that it was the monarchy 
that did that and she called the Royal Reporters Carnival of so-called experts and she also stated that she had receipts <laughs> and then broke busted Becky from the Daily um, Mail wrote an article saying that Megan oh 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 she overreacted you know she overreacted it wasn't that big of a deal but she's the one that blew it up because she released such an angry statement in response Remember that bullshit? Code language for angry black woman. Okay? They also accused Megan of being angry when she released a statement after she won the Mail on Sunday's appeals court case. Remember that? Those articles saying that, oh, you know, her 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 statement was so angry. She was so angry. What? She wasn't angry. She was celebrating. Just because you call fools out, that doesn't mean that you're angry. <laughs> Again, they use code language. Compare and contrast the type of verbiage that they use to describe Megan versus Kate. Compare and contrast. Megan is controlling. That Megan, Duchess of Success, she is controlling. She controls Prince Harry. Kate, you know, Kate, you know, Kate, she's supportive. She's very supportive of William. Yes, she is. She's supportive. But Megan, on the other hand, she's controlling. She controls Prince Harry. She controls everything. Megan. She is angry. She is one angry duchess. Kate. You know, Kate, you know, she, she doesn't get upset. She's passionate. Okay, she's passionate. <laughs> Megan. You know that Megan, Megan, duchess of success? She is strong-willed. She's strong-willed. I, I wish she would just shut up and just do what she's told. I read that somewhere. I read that a royal reporter reported that one of the senior royal staff said that about Megan, that they wish that she would just shut up and do what she's told. But she's too strong-willed. She's too strong-willed. Now, when they talk about Kate, you know, Kate, Kate has a strong Inner strength. Yes. The Duchess of Cambridge, she has a strong inner strength. And she is a leader. And she is going to step up to the plate one day soon. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but really it's not funny. Okay. Another passage from this book that the article points out, beginning quote, Misogynistic caricatures impact the lives of black women by justifying poor treatment throughout all areas of society and throughout the U.S. history, end quote. Wow. Again, let's apply this to how the institution treated and neglected Megan, Duchess of Success. The institution from the beginning let it be known that Megan's well-being did not matter. Before Meghan and Harry were even married, 
They let it be known that there was no money for her. She should just continue to act. Hmm. When Megan went to the institution and asked for help, expressing that she was having suicidal thoughts while she was pregnant, she was told no, that the institution would look bad if she got placed somewhere to get mental health treatment. First of all, why would a high-ranking official feel that it was the right decision to tell a pregnant woman who was having suicidal thoughts that no, she can't get mental health treatment because it would look bad for the institution. They justified that decision because they didn't view Megan as a human being. They viewed her in the prism of applying one of many stereotypical misogynistic racist trope caricatures of a strong black woman who doesn't need any help, who was selfish, not thinking about how this would affect the institution. She is shameless and lazy, doesn't deserve to get any treatment. She is even lucky to be there. You know, I don't think people realize how these stereotypes and these black woman tropes have on black women. I don't think people realize how how much of a negative impact that these black woman tropes have on black women. I don't even think black women, I don't even think we black women realize, you know, the severity and the impact that these stereotype black woman tropes have on us. You know, I I, I really honestly don't think that we do. You know, we're just living day by day, trying to do the right thing, taking care of ourselves, taking care of our children, and just trying to do the right thing and just trying to survive, right, in survival mode. But um, just to give you an example of how these misogynistic racist attacks have, potentially have, a severe impact on black women's lives. And, and they do have an impact on black women's lives. Um, I'm just going to talk about this example, right? The African-American, okay, infant mortality rate. I mean, it is just through the roof. And the infant mortality rate crosses, the African-American infant mortality rate crosses all socioeconomic backgrounds within the African-American community, okay? You can be poor, you can be working class, you can be middle class, you can be upper middle class, right? Your baby at birth may die, okay? So, Back to what I was saying. Here's a a statistic I want to talk about, all right, in regards to the African-American infant mortality rate. 2018 statistics show 
that there were 10.8 deaths per 1,000 live births in regards to African-American infant mortality rate. And you compare that rate to 4.6 white infant mortality deaths per 1,000 births. I mean, that is just crazy. That is just crazy. And the statistics show that it doesn't matter if you're a poor African-American woman. It doesn't matter if you're working class. It doesn't matter if you're middle class. It doesn't even matter if you're upper middle class, right? That you, your baby is twice likely to die at birth than a white baby. Okay, so what I'm saying is, is that you can be an African-American woman who is upper middle class, right? And there can be a white American woman who's upper middle class. You both go into the hospital and give birth. Your baby is twice more likely to die than the white woman's baby. (laughs) I mean, that is just horrid. And in my opinion... That has a lot to do with the stereotyped black woman trope, okay, in regards to the treatment that black women receive. Because there's already, those doctors have already got that image in their head, right, that either you're angry, (laughs) right, or you're a very you're a very strong woman and you just don't need that type of holistic treatment that a white woman is going to get okay so anyway i thought that the teen vogue article was spot on and i highly suggest that if you have not read it that you read it and, of course, you know, this, this article gives a shout-out to the sexist squad. So, you, you know, hand clap for that. <laughs> hand clap for that, okay? Remember when Prince Harry said that the term Mexit was sexist? We all know that he was right, right? That term implies that Meghan and Harry's decision to leave the royal family and move to Cali was a decision made by Meghan alone, and Harry had no say-so. Meghan controls all of the decisions, and she controls Harry. Basically, Meghan done clipped Prince Harry's balls off. The term Mexit validates or feeds the royal reporters and trolls narrative that Meghan was the cause of the rift between Harry and his family, which led Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family. Not only is it sexist towards Meghan, it's also sexist towards Prince Harry. These rural rodent reporters have used this term, writing article after article, painting Prince Harry as some feeble, fragile, helpless lab dog that is controlled by a domineering, manipulative woman who convinced him to leave his family and move to California. The rift between Harry and his family is all Meghan's fault. She is the sole cause but poor Harry can't see it because he is P-U-S-S-Y whipped. <laughs> this is one of many reactions to what happens when women, especially black women, women of color, 
enter historical white traditional spaces. If they don't follow tradition, expectations aren't met, or if there is some sort of disruption, they get the sole blame. Part of this skewed sexist way of thinking is because many feel they shouldn't be in that space in the first place. Regarding Mexit, royal reporters, royal commentators, and trolls are baffled as to why Prince Harry would rather be Meghan's husband than a working royal. Their racist, sexist, subjective thought process that lacks severe empirical formal organizational thought to consider an alternative hypothesis that, yes, perhaps Prince Harry and Meghan made this decision together as a married couple, and we should take into consideration the many reasons Prince Harry stated himself as to why he made the decision to get his family out of there. Why is it so hard for trolls, royal reporters, and royal commentators to take him at his word? Because Prince Harry rejecting the British royal institution for his biracial American wife was not just a rejection of the British monarchy. It was a rejection of white supremacy. It's personal. When a white man, especially a privileged white man, rejects white supremacy in any circumstance, they are either killed, outcasted, or in Prince Harry's case, they are made to be the victim. If they right the wrong, then they are welcomed back with open arms. In Prince Harry's case, if he leaves Meghan and his mixed-race children, the British monarchy will gladly welcome him back. These royal commentators and royal reporters actually say this shit and write Articles expressing this point of view with no fear or shame. What's so ironic and disappointing is that the majority of the misogynistic and racist attacks against Megan, Duchess of Sexus, are done by women. And I wouldn't be surprised if half of those women identify as liberal. Huh. <laughs> All right, we have come to an end to this podcast. I thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Hit the subscribe button if you're listening on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But before we go, I'm going to leave you with a famous Megan, Duchess of Sussex quote. Here we go. I am proud to be a woman and a feminist. I will say it one more again. Megan, Duchess of Sussex, famous quote. I am proud to be a woman and a feminist. I am Special K Thoughts. And I'm out.